This podcast is a presentation of Gateway Fellowship, Paulsville, Washington. Experience community, find hope. Check us out at gatewayfellowship.com. So we made a decision last week. I mean, we made a decision last week. All the same. You online, everywhere. And you're going like, well, what decision did we make? Because you, you answered the same question that I did. I can almost guarantee it. Maybe there's one or two exceptions. I don't think so. But here it is. You determined this past week if something was true or not. Think about it. So you turned maybe the news on. And the thought that came to your mind was, is that true? And for some of you go, yeah, that's true. And for some of you, no, I don't think that's, that's very, very true. Or maybe somebody um, uh, told you a story about somebody or something. And you thought, is that true? So like in that moment, you made a determination, a decision of that's true or that's not true. Whatever filter, whatever rubric you, you ran that through, you came out the other end thinking like, that's not true or that is true, one way or the other. Or maybe, here's what happened. Um, you followed somebody who said, follow me. I, was, you know, I know the truth, just follow me. And you know something you did. And for some of you, it didn't turn out so well. And you can point to a relationship where you had someone say to you, just trust me. And uh, I, kn- I know the way. And you did, and you put your trust in them, and you're hurt as a result. And you look back at that with not real fond memories, and so that's where you're sitting at today. Or maybe the opposite is true. Someone said, look, just follow me, and you did, and it was a good decision on your part. We'll talk about what is true today, and I'm going to toss a thought out to your way in just a moment. We're just going to kind of sit on it, mull around a little bit from the Bible. If you're new here, um, maybe your first time, maybe your first time online, we're, we're a Bible-believing church, so we do our best to teach from a biblical worldview and live that worldview out. So I, I tell people, are we perfect at it? No. And you know why we're not perfect? Because like I am here, and guess what? You are here, and we're not perfect people, but I pray that we are perfectly in love with Jesus, and we we seek to live out this life in a way that honors him. So that's, that's what we're all about. So how many have heard about the game, Two Truths and a Lie? Of course you have, right? Probably most everybody. Okay, I'm, I'm going to play that game with you about me. So Two Truths and a Lie. Number one, I am an extrovert. There it is right there. I am an extrovert. Okay, Two Truths and a Lie. Okay, number two, I have two sons from my first wife. Number three, I have an older sister who has never spoken to me. And you're thinking, which one's true? Which one's a lie? Well, hang on to it for just a second, okay? Here's the statement I want us to toss around a little bit. Truth is relative until it's not, okay? So, like, you might say, well, that carpet there is brown. Well, that's your truth. I mean, I say it's brown. Someone's going to say, ah, it's got got like green tones in it, whatever. Or maybe someone goes like, it's not green or it's not brown, it's actually red. And you know what? It really doesn't matter, right? Too, too much. We all walk on the same carpet. Truth is relative until it's not. But when is it not? When is it not? 
And that's what we're going to talk about. And so we're going to go to John chapter 14 as we kind of dive into um, this sixth I am statement by Jesus, right? So get your Bible or your Bible app, whatever you brought, and we'll be there in just a moment. But let's talk about relativism for, for just a moment. Relativism basically says there, there is no absolute truth. Listen to this definition. Cultural relativism is the idea that a person's beliefs and practices should be understood based on that person's own culture. Proponents of cultural relativism also tend to argue that the norms and values of one culture should not be evaluated using the norms and values of another. So my definition of that kind of shortened way up is just, is just this, like my definition of truth trumps your definition of truth. So whatever I believe is true, is true. doesn't matter what you, what you believe. It's relative to me and to my life and to my own, own way of thinking. So ask, just, I, I challenge you, just ask some, somebody, or the next time someone says to you, there is no absolute truth, respond this way. Are you absolutely sure of that? Are you absolutely sure of that, right, to, to that? So years ago, I heard this story from Josh McDowell, who, uh, you know, and most of you know that name, Josh McDowell, right? So um, he shared a story. He was meeting with a student in a student's room, a dorm room, to tell him about Jesus. So he was telling him about Jesus and the way and so on. And the student heard the gospel, but here was his response, the student to Josh McDowell. Well, that is true for you. See, it's true for you, and that's fine. But I have my own truth, and this is what I believe. So Josh McDowell thanked him, um, and proceeded to get up, and when he got up, he went over and unplugged the student's stereo and was packing it up and hauling it out when all of a sudden the kid objected and said, hey, wh- wh- what are you doing? And Josh replied, I'm, I'm taking your stereo. The kid says, you, you can't do that. And Josh says, sure I can, because I, I believe that's, it's right for me. And all of a sudden, it didn't work out so well, this truth. So the question that I have for you today that we're going to talk about is this. Is there such a thing as absolute truth? Is there such a thing as absolute truth? Truth, according to the dictionary, is conformity to a fact or actuality, a statement proven to be accepted as, excuse me, true. Is there something, or more importantly, how do we answer this question? Truth is relevant until it's not, but when is it not? More importantly, is there someone that we can depend upon and look to for truth? Listen to this. Fortunately, there is such a creator, and he has revealed his truth to us through his word, the Bible. Knowing absolute universal truth is only possible through a personal relationship with the one who claims to be the truth, Jesus Christ. Jesus claimed to be the only way, the only truth, the only life, and the only path to God. Who, the, the fact that absolute truth does exist points us to the truth that there is a sovereign God who created the heavens and the earth and was revealed and has revealed himself to us in order that we might know him personally through his son, Jesus Christ. That is absolute truth. And so I'm going to give you the pathway that we're going to kind of follow this morning. And it goes like this. And so absolute, absolute truth equals absolute trust that results in absolute peace. Okay, say it with me. Absolute truth results in absolute trust and absolute 
peace. So we're going to follow that this morning. You got your Bibles, John chapter 14. Going to read the first 16 verses where we see the declaration by Jesus himself that he is the truth and life. So beginning with verse number one, John chapter 14. Here we go. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And so Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it's enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whoever you ask, whatever you ask in my name, this will I do, I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Let's talk about absolute truth. Remember, absolute truth equals absolute trust that leads to absolute peace. So absolute truth. John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said to him, what? I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. It's the sixth I am statement uh, in the Gospel of John. And let's be reminded that whenever Jesus says, I am, he is identifying himself as God. These I am statements that we're studying help us understand the ministry of of Jesus in, in the world. And the reason he came, and it's made no clearer than in this statement, this I am statement, that Jesus came to show us the way to the Father. So let me say it this way. Um, Jesus came for one purpose, to seek and save lost people. Yes, he did not come to make you rich. He didn't come to make you healthy. Now, all of us can thank God for his blessings in our life. Yes, you can say yes to that, that's okay. He came to bless us. And I thank God for his blessings in our life and what he gives us. And and then he gives us the opportunity to steward what he gives us. So thank God for his blessings and health and all of these things. But Jesus came for one purpose. That's to seek and to save lost people. So you and I were born in the same place. Yes, we were born into sin. And Jesus came to give his life so we might know him be, be enter, and enter into relationship with the Father through him. This is why he came. I am the truth and the life. I am the way, he says. It's absolute truth. It's unchanging. 
Absolute truth doesn't waver. Absolute truth is not dimmed by man's opinion. So whatever your opinion is, the truth is not dimmed by that. I have had times in my life when I have said to someone, let me tell you the truth. <laughs> and then I discovered that I was wrong. <clears throat> Anybody else? And then you had to go back and look, I'm sorry, I, I, I was wrong for that. Um, <clears throat> it required both my admission and my, my seeking forgiveness. When Jesus declared that he was the truth, absolute truth, he is saying to you and to me, just, just one thing, here it is, you can trust what I'm telling you. You can trust what I'm telling you. It's, it's truly that simple for us. The psalmist said it this way in Psalm 119, verse 89, forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Now, there's an important thing to note here, that Jesus is not claiming what? He's not claiming to like know the way. He's not claiming to know the way, the truth, and the life. He is claiming to be the way, the truth, and the life. And there's a vast difference. He is claiming to be the way, not just know the way. Many people have told us truth or attempted to do so, but no one has embodied truth. I love this. There is one all-important thing about moral truth. A man's character does not really affect his teachings of geometry or astronomy or Latin verbs. But if a man proposes to teach moral truth, his character makes all the difference in the world. No teacher has ever embodied the truth he taught except Jesus. Many a man could say, I've taught you the truth. Only Jesus could say, I am the truth. Truth is relevant until it's not. But when is it not? It's when it's Jesus. He embodies truth. Truth And this absolute truth that we're talking about anchors our soul, anchors you and me in a world when so much is being tossed our way as, as, as truth. The writer of Hebrews, so when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his, of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath. So that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, he, we who have fled for refuge might have a strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor for our soul. Absolute truth anchors us in a world where we don't know, know what the truth is many, many times. And so what does Jesus say? He says this in John chapter eight, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciple and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Why? Because Jesus and Jesus alone is truth. When Jesus declared himself as the truth, he is leading us in the way to life. So Absolute truth equals absolute trust. He is the way and we can trust him. I have said on numbers of occasions, and I just don't mind admitting this, this one thing. Like, So <clears throat> I am one of those people um, who is directionally challenged. You know what I mean? Yeah, so like um, um, I, I get lost easy. <laughs> Anybody else? 
You, you know, a few of you are honest people. Okay, so yeah, I get lost these eating men. So like if I say follow me, there's a pretty good chance that both of us will be lost somewhere along, along the way. Just don't have good um, directional sense or, or something like, like that. So if someone says to me or someone says to you like, okay, here's, here's the way. Just go to the second stoplight, take a left, go down the street. Then when you hit the stop sign, take a right, and then follow the road around and, and go around the roundabout. Once you get a roundabout, take the second left out of there, and then go to the next stoplight and take a left. There's a one-way road. I don't know. For me, I could get to the first stoplight, and then that's pretty much it, and then you know, I, I'm lost. So Dave uh, Fisher, the, David up here, um, he and I were in New York, and so... <clears throat> Um, looking at a missions opportunity for a regional effort. And, and New York, um, God bless our friends in New York. God bless you. Um, do you know how you, um, you travel around New York? By what? On, yeah, subway. Yeah, train. Some of you have been there. And so <clears throat> we're there. And so here's the subway system, right? And uh, um, th- if there's anything confusing to me, it's like New York subway. And I got to just tell you that if it were up to me, I would still be on that subway somewhere, you know, somewhere around, like floating around somewhere in New York City, stuck on the subway. But fortunately, here's what we had. Um, We had someone that said this, I know the way. I know how to get from here to there on the subway. And this, this confusing form of travel to me and I think that David as well, who's much better at directions than I am. Do you know what it was like for someone to say, just follow me, I know the way? Have you had that in your life before? It was like, don't worry about the directions. Don't worry about missing the stop. Just follow me, I know the way. What a comfort that is. I'll tell you, it was trying to figure out. This is what Jesus does for you and me. He leads us through life. He is not simply telling us he is the way to life eternal. He is the way. It was in response to the question by Thomas, how can we know the way? And Jesus said this, I am the way. So Thomas is like, "How how can we know the way? Jesus says, I'm the way. I am the way. So absolute truth equals absolute trust in the way. I'm going to talk about the way in just a few moments. I think one of the saddest passages in the Bible, if I were to ask you, like, is there a sad part of the Bible? I, I, yeah, there, there is. And I don't know, if I were to ask you, what, think about what, what would you think is the saddest part of the Bible, at least, at least you, to, to me, as I, I kind of thought about this, it's that part where Jesus exposes those who thought they knew the way, or they thought they knew the truth, but apparently they had placed their trust in someone else or something else, meaning they had no personal relationship with him, even though they were actually doing some really, really good things. This is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter seven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Think about it. People who thought they knew the way, but they didn't, and they didn't trust Jesus. The general teaching here is against a backdrop of, of choices that are set, are set before us, right? Two gates, um, two roads, two destinations. Now we have a choice to make, and 
Jesus says, look, here's the absolute truth. I'm the way, and you can trust me in that, and that leads to absolute peace. Now, it's important that we understand the context that Jesus is like sharing this I am statement, right? Because it, it's, it's set here. It, he doesn't have months or days to live. He's, he's within hours, right? And he's spending time with his disciples, and he begins to comfort them. In fact, at the opening verse of what we just read, John chapter 14, Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled, right? Here's the truth. You, you can trust me, and you can live at peace. And he reminds them of an eternal home that's prepared for all true followers of Jesus. This is the absolute truth. And you can trust me. And if you do, that will lead to absolute peace in your life. Here's what we know about about heaven. Okay, you ready? Just a few things. I mean, there's so much that we don't know, right? So I tell people, like, we just have a small glimpse. But there's so much we don't know about heaven. But here's what we do know. All things are new. Yes, new bodies, new everything. So look at the person that you're seated behind, with or behind or online and go like, you're going to get a new body. <laughs> and someone's going to go like, like, you know, there's, there's n- nothing, don't read into anything. I'm saying. Like, I'm going to get a new body. Yay, yay. That's good news right there, right? I'm going to get a new body. All things are new. New bodies, new everything. How about this one? There'll be no tears and no pain. Are you looking forward to that day? The one who shows us the way says you can live in peace because if you're a true follower of Jesus, this is your life. This is what you're going to experience. No tears and and no pain. And then there'll be this place of perfect peace. Perfect peace peace. Can you just imagine that? Not the turmoil that is going on in the world today or maybe in your life in a different way, but this is perfect peace. Absolute truth equals absolute trust that results in absolute peace. Do we know him? Two truths and a lie. Well, I am an extrovert. That is true. I have two sons from my first wife. That is also true. And I have an older sister who has never spoken to me. That is also true. There's no lie there. That's the lie. (laughs) I have an older sister who has never spoken to me. And here's the reason why. She was, she passed away just before birth. And so I've never, never met her. Mom's talked about her before mom passed away. I have her name written in my Bible. So here's what I do know. Here's what I'm at peace about. That whenever my life ends here on this earth, and in that moment that I'm with Jesus, I will have my first ever conversation with a sister that I've never met. That's the perfect peace. To be with Jesus, 
to be reunited with him and with others who have gone. This is the perfect peace that I want you to know about and to experience. And, and in just a moment, I'm going to pray for you in, in person and online. I'm going to ask you a question. Do you know him? The one who is absolute truth, the one that we can trust in, the one who if we, we would just place our life in his hands, we can experience absolute peace right in the middle of all of, all of life. There's a day coming for each and every one of us when we will exit this world. We don't know when. The Bible says, right? It's like an appointed unto man once to die. We don't, we don't know when that is going to be, but we can live in absolute peace of where we're going to spend eternity. So I just want to ask you this question. Do you know him? Do you know Jesus? Have you trusted your life in him? Have you placed your life in his I love 1 John 1, 9. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I've said this before. There are no magic words to say. Like, you've got to get the words in the right order and, you know, you've got to say it just right or else, you know, you, you're going to kind of miss out. That's not it. It's just expressing your faith and your trust in the one who is truth. Jesus. Bible says if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Aren't you thankful that it doesn't say if you just work and do this way, if you just kind of work harder here or you do these? No, no, it's not works at all. Some of us get wrapped up in that, like I haven't done enough good. It has nothing to do with your works at all. It's all about faith in Jesus, the one who says, I am the truth. I am the way. I am the life. And it's a prayer that says, Jesus, I, I just confess my need for you. I confess my sins. You see, we're all born into sin, each and every one of us. If you're a follower of Jesus, there was that moment in your life when you said, look, when Jesus spoke to you. And for me, I was just a young guy at a halter at a camp. You know, at nine years old, I hadn't gotten into that much trouble. Really? But I was still lost, and I still needed Jesus. So it really didn't make any difference about my age. It doesn't make any difference about your age either. And it doesn't make any difference what you have done or what you haven't done. The Bible just says, if you just place your trust in Jesus, the one who is truth. So I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray like this. Jesus, and just confess my need for you. And I want to receive you as my Lord and Savior. I want you to be Lord of my life. And I ask you to forgive me. And if you pray that simple prayer with me, then you'll experience a brand new life. And this absolute peace that we're talking about is yours. That's what he promises. So can we pray together? Father, I thank you today that we can come to you, the one who is truth, the one that we can trust with our life, the one who has called us into a brand new relationship with you, and you've made the way. And you said if we confess our sins or our need for you, um, then you would just forgive us, and you make us a brand new person. And so Jesus, today, that's what we're doing. And 
If you've never received Jesus as your Savior, you can just pray with me, Lord, I, I, Jesus, I confess my need for you. I ask you to forgive me. I want to trust in you as Lord of my life. I want to experience this absolute peace in my life. I want to be certain of an eternity with you. And so I, I trust in you, and I give you my life. I pray in your name. Amen.